Welcome back to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Today I'm joined once again by Krish and Anita. I have to apologise because it has been quite a while since we've done one of these pods. We're all so busy and it just it just didn't line up in sort of timing wise. But we are back and we're going to look back as well as looking forward. Um, Krish, it's been... I don't even know how to describe the last few weeks. The highs of the 3-0 up at the Bernabeu to the low of going out. And that it feels like that performance, which was up there with one of the best performances I've seen Chelsea play ever, ever, genuinely, has taken quite a lot out of us, a lot out of us mentally and perhaps physically as well. Yeah, I was literally just t- taking the words out of my mouth. It definitely does feel like that. It's, it's kind of, yeah, from from that high being, being 3-0 up, I don't think we've kind of reached anywhere close to that performance level in the kind of games in a couple of weeks since. Um, and yeah, you, you can really tell that in games. I think we're kind of struggling, kind of forcing things a lot and everything just feels quite difficult at the moment. But I mean, I appreciate that from the, the player's perspective. Like they've, they've put a lot in and now we're suddenly playing for an FA Cup, which is obviously massive, but mm-hmm. domestically, uh, sorry, in the Premier League, like, it's, there's not loads to play for. Like we're pretty safe in third. We're not going to catch this up to, and, and we're not going to be caught. So it's, it's difficult to kind of produce your very best in the Premier League, especially. I think. Yeah, I just want to say I have never been in an away end like it, like the three nil at the Bernabeu for that five minutes because it literally was. I don't think it was even that that we were obviously going through. I literally woke up and I had bruises on the back of my legs. Like I have <laughs> never experienced. We were sat there being like, right. We just like in my head, I was like, I believe, believe we can do it. I know we can do it. But the fact we were like, we just want to give us one goal to celebrate, give us a little bit of hope. But the fact we had three goals to celebrate and we came so close. And I think it's hard to replicate that performance, Krish. Like, you know, like those performances are once a season. Like, you know, that was genuinely not just under Thomas Tuchel, but one of the best performances I've ever seen Chelsea, a Chelsea team play to go to the Bernabeu and turn up like that we did we just needed to win it in 90 minutes that was the thing once once extra time came Anita we were we were pretty much done weren't we yeah man oh like thinking about it horrible isn't it honestly I'm reliving it I'm just like god we deserved to win Mm. so badly I I honestly I was left so disappointed but I was proud at the same time Mm. it was a weird mixture of emotions I was so proud of the boys but I was just so disappointed that we couldn't keep Modric and Benzema at bay like Modric's pass who was it to was it to Rodrigo Rodrigo yeah Oh my god. Who even is that? I thought he played for Leeds. (laughs) (laughs) Only Rodrigo I knew. Great. I'm so done. Like, honestly, I was thinking, where the hell did he come from? First off, where did he come Mm. from? Second, I think he came off the bench and then he just Mm. randomly up. And Modric. First touch, I think, yeah. First touch, in it, And mm. Modric was just absolutely fake. And Benzema, we weren't going to keep him quiet. So I was just, I was distraught, Olivia. I Mm. couldn't. I couldn't piece together my emotions because I thought, like you, like I thought we could do it, but I was like, okay, one goal is fine. Like two goals is fine. Give me something to celebrate. So when we got the third goal, I thought that was it. I was like, bring me the final, take me to Paris right now. Like I thought that was it. That was done. But yeah, alas, I'm I'm actually I'm still proud, but it's just yeah, Yeah. 
was just really sad. It's tough it was, being taken down from like such a high, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that was, properly that was like, like so. Could, did that go to make such a difference? The roller coaster I mean? of emotions, yeah. like yeah. every Chelsea fan would have gone through, just like the highs and the lows, and then the low again. And it was just I, by the end of it, I was literally like emotionally just like drained, like. Physically, yeah. I was drained from all the celebrating. Mentally, I was just like, how on earth have we got through this? So God knows how those players must feel. But I think we can take so much from that performance in Europe. And, you know, we go again next season. It does look like we are going to be in the Champions League for next season. Um, Chris sort of nailed down this third place in the Premier League, albeit with a disappointing result against Manchester United. Um, how on earth? Did we not win that game? I feel like I've said this so many times on this pod, Krish. How many, like, I feel like this is just repeating itself, but not even games, like seasons. We've been saying this, Frank Lampard's first season, we were saying it. And two, two and a half years later, we're still saying it, that we can't put the ball in the back of the net. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I think since Diego Costa left, basically, we, we haven't had a striker who j- just is, guarantees you 20 plus goals um and for a, for a spell yeah like Havertz looked like that guy but then obviously yesterday he he wasn't um didn't take kind of three pretty big chances that that your kind of go-to sense forward would do um even even though we played really well like we created plenty of chances throughout United were yeah super passive super average um so it's, yeah, it is frustrating, and I think we know this is something the club needs to address. Like we thought we'd addressed it last summer with Lukaku. I think that just really hasn't worked out. I can't really see him being at the club beyond this summer. Like he's getting booed at Stamford Bridge. Like it just seems to be toxic already, which is a real shame. And his form is awful. So like you can't really you can't really vouch thought, for him in any I way. Thought the boos were a little bit harsh. Oh yeah, for sure, it's definitely I, I, harsh. I, but you can kind of understand why some fans feel that way. You know, like I understand the frustration, but I just mm. don't feel like booing. No, definitely. I, yeah, not. I just don't know if that's the answer. Mm. But you and know, the, the money spent and the force. It's the money, and it's mm. the fact that you know when you when you go to Stamford Bridge and then you see him actively not doing as much as you'd want him to do mm-hmm. I totally get the frustration building up like every time I go if I'm in um the East Stand Upper they're ruthless there like they are absolutely mm-hmm. ruthless East Stand Matthew Harding they are ruthless like mm-hmm. they will give it to you even yeah. the shed end how can I forget the shed end they are so ruthless to the basically point every stand every stand West Stand is cool but like they're so frustrated with him that it when it builds up, they they just start booing. And I guess that's I guess Thomas Tuchel's doing a great job in kind of protecting him, so keeping him on the bench a little bit, um, and bringing him on only in dire situations and stuff. And I do think he will stay another season, maybe another couple of seasons, because again, it's a lot of money to just let go just like that. But he needs to kind of show us exactly why we bought him from Inter Milan. I don't care if people say Thomas Tuchel isn't playing him to his strengths, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. You are £97 million. You cost that much because you're able to adapt. You're able to adapt the situation. Mm. So hopefully by the end of the season, we start to see a little bit of a change. It's do you know what? We're basically at the end of the season. Hopefully next season, we start to see a bit of a change and things get positive. Well, I'm, you know, Thomas Tuchel mentioned it in his post-match interview. We will get on to Reese James in a second because we can't not talk about how brilliant he is. But maybe, maybe with Reese James and Ben Chilwell back, 
maybe that might maybe that might help thomas tuchel basically said and i completely agree and i've been saying it i know it's all ifs buts and maybes and you know you can say if we didn't draw that game but i genuinely believe if reese james and ben chilwell had stayed fit for the majority of the season chelsea would at least be or would have been in a title race for a lot longer than they were so maybe having those two back and having a fully fit squad maybe that will help romelu lukaku are we clutching at straws here chris i don't know I think you saw at the start of the season that their their presence definitely helps helps him. Like mm. Reese James is genuinely a, a world class right sided yes. defender and probably among the kind of like top three definitely wing backs like and right backs on the planet. So like there's no surprise that, mm-hmm. that he has that effect and he's just so ridiculously good going forward that you 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 yeah, you can't really replace him and we didn't replace him and there's unless you spend like 60 mm. plus million on someone like Hakimi or whatever you're not you're not going to replace him that that is the level that he's at now I think so yeah he's right I mean that, if you lose a player who's that that important and that effective it, it is gonna lose you a lot of points I think um, but then even losing two of the players because Ben Chilwell had an absolutely brilliant exactly, yeah. start to the season oh yeah he like I, I don't think Chilwell's <laughs> the same level probably not mm. as effective but he's still an excellent yeah. excellent player and contributes so feels- much the yeah. balance feels right when it's Ben Chilwell yeah. and Reese James, and it feels just a little bit off when one of them or both of them aren't there. Exactly. And Reese James, the quality of his deliveries. So like if we had if we had that yesterday into either what we had yesterday, sorry, into either I mean, I know we did have Havertz playing, but Lukaku started the season well mm. and, and there was a reason for that. And with if we had had Reese James kind of in the team throughout that period. I know Lukaku had that seven game spell, even when Chilwell and Luka- uh, mm. and James were fit, but you just feel that they could create for him and it would mm. have gone a bit better than it has. Um, but yeah, so, and likewise for Havertz, like, I know he, he came into form in like March, but they all of our forward players would have had better seasons if, if Reese James and Chilwell were there for sure. Yeah. And Anita, with Reese James, I think we could sit and talk about him all day, every day. Um, there was rumours today I saw that Real Madrid are interested, perhaps from 2023 onwards. Genuinely, in one of our shows this morning, we were asking, with obviously Jurgen Klopp signing a new deal at Liverpool, we were asking which, which players would or manager would you like to sign on a long-term contract? Now, obviously, Thomas Tuchel is one of them. But for yeah. me, hands down, it's Reese James. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Oh, do you know what? Rob and Jill need to pack it in, right? <laughs> oh, no, I'm so fed up. He's not for sale. They have been after our transfer targets. Ramadan and Barcelona, we have the same transfer targets. They want our players. Leave us alone. I'm so sick and tired of reading every single morning. They're not Rob even that good Rob. anymore. This is Real Madrid. They're not, they're not right. old. Like, right. Oh. It's so irritating. They're living off the fact that they are Real Madrid. It's mm-hmm. just the name. If Real Madrid was not Real Madrid, Antonio Rudiger would still be racing here with Chelsea. Like, yeah. it's so annoying that they think they can get any player that they want. Mm-hmm. And I I really see this as an insult. Why do you think you can come and take Reese James away from us? That is our homegrown talent. He's oh. probably one of the best in the world right now. How mm. dare you even think you can get him in 2023? No. no. Yeah, <laughs> it's not happening. He's probably going to stay here for quite a long time. I do mm. envision him and Mason Mount as co-captains, the same way John Terry and Frank mm. Lampard were. That's the vision we have for them. Mm. Come again, don't disrupt my vision. 
Because yeah. I'm tired. You you not to start the Champions League. You taking Antonio Rudiger away from us. What more do you want? Yeah, leave us alone. I preach. Leave us alone. And Chris, we got to talk about Antonio Rudiger because obviously we knew there was rumours that he might stay. There was rumours that he obviously might go out of contract in the summer. Um, obviously he's off to Real Madrid. I think we know that for sure. Thomas Tuchel confirmed it. Said none of the players like it. Of course, he's a brilliant player. But I think we have to remember here, Chris. He hasn't been this good for the whole of his Chelsea career, has he? No. Um, I don't know if, if that helps or not. I think the fact that we have essentially developed him, and Thomas Tuchel especially, into like one of the best centre-backs on the planet at the moment, and the fact we're losing for free does, yeah. does make it pretty tough to take. But uh, I, I've seen him like getting a lot of stick for kind of, people saying he's going for the money and all that. And, uh, and I, I, I agree that the Real Madrid of today are not quite what they were. But I think for most players who've grown up in, in that generation, who are basically like the same age as us, like yeah. you kind of have Real Madrid in that esteem. Um, like it's, it is a huge, huge football club. It, it's a lot of players dream to play in La Liga. So I kind of understand that. And yeah. if they are just willing to pay them the money. Like... But that's <laughs> the thing though, I think, I think, Yes, it's Real Madrid. Yes, it's not the Real Madrid of old. I get it's still Real Madrid and it's still a very attractive club to play for. We've seen Courtois and Hazard both go there, that being their dream. However, we offered him, Chelsea offered him a deal that was very, very good. But mm. he wanted more money and he's got exactly what he wanted. 10 million signing on fee for him, 10 million signing on fee for his brother, who's his agent. He wasn't going to get that at Chelsea. And and so it, the the move is is for the money. It's not because he wants to play for... It's not because he's desperate to move to Real Madrid, in my eyes. It's because that's the only club. PSG weren't willing to pay that. Bayern Munich weren't willing to pay that. All these top clubs in Europe, Real Madrid were the only one. Chelsea weren't willing to pay it, and he's left. And it's sad that he's gone because he was brilliant. I think it's going to be interesting to see him play in a four more regularly at Real Madrid and seeing if he can, you know, carry on this obviously brilliant form that he's thingied in the Premier League. But Anita... There is life, as Thomas Tuchel says, at Chelsea after Tony Rudiger. We let Eden Hazard go. Now, Eden Hazard was a was ridiculous at the time, and we let him go, and we've recovered since. So Chelsea will be fine, won't they? I mean, Liv, have we recovered? I miss okay. Eden so much. Just, I mean, okay, yeah, maybe not. That was probably not my best <laughs> example, but. <laughs> Oh my god, no, you guys will learn about me. Like Eden Hazard, I love oh, him nice. so much. You know what I mean? You cannot not love him. Yeah. I, I would like... bring him back in a heartbeat. I would bring him back in a heartbeat. People's people people call me emotional. I'm like, have a heart, okay? Have a heart. <laughs> I was just like, take take logic out of this. I don't want take any replies. I don't want any logical answers. I just want Eden Hazard back at Chelsea. And if we're going to give Antonio Rudiger a free, the least they can do is give us back Hazard. Give us I mean? back Eden Hazard. <laughs> if you want Antonio, fine. Give us back Hazard. That's okay. We can negotiate on those terms, all right? We can do that. No, but like you said, there will be um, life after Antonio Rudiger. I'm, I'm, I was one of those fans really rooting for him. I did see yeah. the potential in him quite early um, mm. when he joined us in 2018, I think it was, with Antonio Conte. Um, and I thought, you know what, given the right coach and, you know, the right temperament, because he was just all over the place at yeah. the time, 
he could actually be become this world class um uh, center back. And obviously mm-hmm. Thomas Tuchel he saw it and put him in a back three, and a back three worked. So it would be interesting to see him in a back mm-hmm. four on a week to week basis at Real Madrid. Um, and if that doesn't work out, then it looks like we got the better end of the deal anyway. You know, and like we can go out now and we can buy a a defender that will be good in a back three or a back four, like. I don't know, a lot of people have been talking about um, Paolo Torres, Bastoni, mm. and it's like, these are not bad options to have. The only thing that we'd really be missing, and this is why I said I didn't want him to go, is that kind of leadership and that kind mm. of familiarity in the dressing room. But other than that, he is replaceable. It's just sad that he has to go being such an uh, admirable figure in the dressing room. But yeah, we, we, we have life after him, you know? I think, you know, Thomas Tuchel was like, he's a unique character. He's an aggressive leader. He'll, you know, take the pressure off off you. If someone else is under pressure, he'll put it onto himself. And that is exactly the things that we will miss. But, Chris, do you think we should be looking at spending? I know we've been linked to Jules Koundé as well. We were linked to him last season. Are you looking at Chelsea perhaps spending 50, 60 million on a defender that can come in? Or it's potentially a big risk, but we've seen what's happened with Trevor Chalaber this season. Levi Colwell has apparently been absolutely brilliant out on loan. And playing next to Thiago Silva will do absolutely wonders for a kid like that. But is that too big of a jump to put in an academy player or someone that's come through the academy that's never played in the Premier League before in next to Thiago Silva in a back three? It, it is a big jump. But yeah, I think Chalaba is a fine example of, of players being able to do it. I think the opinion at Chelsea is that Levi Cole is like another level, like the next... Like I don't want to put the pressure on saying like the next John Terry, next, but he's seen yeah. he's seen as like you know top top potential, like better mm-hmm. than was expected of Trevor Chalaber. Um, whether that comes the next season, I'm not sure. I think they're going to give him a chance in preseason, um, and then we'll see. But I think, be, to be honest, with because we're losing two, I mean, one genuinely world class centre back and one very very good centre back in Andreas Christensen. And we're not sure what's going to happen with Azpilicueta, who is also ageing. Tiago Silva's ageing. Like, feasibly, uh, they Thiago need Silva's to... Tiago Silva's fine, Chris. Don't, yeah. don't you worry. He's ageing backwards. He's like 45. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, I, his age is, is literally just a number. I, I'm not in any way worried about him. But I think the thing is, when you're, when you're at that stage, it could switch really quickly and mm. something, you know, it could just all not all go wrong, but his, his, he could drop off really quickly mm. or an, an injury could completely offset him or whatever so yeah feasibly we need to sign kind of two centre-backs who are capable of starting games regularly because I think there's a lot of I mean like Malang Sar for example yeah I don't see staying I don't know if he's not really a long-term option um so yeah I think one player will spend a lot on I think that'll be Koundé Mm. and I think he is capable of stepping straight into the team obviously he isn't the tallest um and obviously we get away with that with Thiago Silva alongside taller centre backs but having two kind of not as tall I don't know if that will be an issue or not. With Aspie, if you think about it yeah if exactly days, yeah. that's a very mm. short back three isn't it yeah. yeah um but from the sounds of it Colwell will be given a chance which I think is a good thing I think we've yeah. seen in the last few seasons the potential of these academy players like our academy is absolutely elite and we are producing players who are that level who who go on to become world class within sort of two seasons of first team football which is absolutely ridiculous really if you yeah as we've said about Reese James like Mason Mount's consistency is is ridiculous I think consistency is such a big part of being a top level footballer mm-hmm. and, and Mason Mount is that for Chelsea 
and has been now for what this season again he's probably been one of our most consistent players last season and for big parts of the the previous season so if we can get that out of someone like Levi Cole obviously he'll be given the space to kind of make the mistakes um depending on how this transfer window goes I think expectations might have to change a bit going into next season I, I know everyone was talking about um a title challenge in normal circumstances but I think I don't know it could, things could be quite different now with with players leaving and and depending on how long this ownership stuff rolls on um we may just have to shift focus back to top four again or whatever but I don't think that as a massive issue I think it's, it's building blocks as long as Tuchel stays but um yeah, as long as as long as Tuchel's there, um, I think it'll be uh, maybe two top centre backs and hopefully give give Cole a chance. Anita, I I don't know if I'm reading too much into this. Chris mentioned it there. Thomas Tuchel, um, he said in his his pre match United presser that um, that he will be here for pre season. He's going to give it his everything and. I, you know, Rudiger leaving was was tough to take. But for me, that was the biggest thing that came out of that press conference, for sure. Um, there was rumours that, you know, it was, you know, it is unsettling for everyone. And, you you know, Thomas Tuchel's got a lot going on in his personal life as well. So it hasn't been an easy few months for him, um, yeah. for sure. But the fact that he's turned around and said that, should Chelsea fans be reading into that? Should we get excited that Thomas Tuchel's going to be here? Or do you think things can change so quickly that maybe we shouldn't take his word for gospel? Ah, oh, that last part really, <laughs> it really struck me. Um, So I was one of the fans taking his word for gospel, but yeah. <laughs> I absolutely am. I got so excited. You when know what I mean? Like, I have so much faith in him that yeah. I don't think he's actually going to go anywhere. No. He loves the challenge, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. He loves the challenge. And he's not one of those, um, those, one of those coaches that need the star players around him. You know, I feel like a lot of people have taken what he's done at PSG with like Mbappe and Icardi and all the big name signings and mm -hmm. stuff and taken that as a hint as, you know, he needs he needs that team ahead of him and stuff. But he's proven it. He's proven it with Chelsea that he doesn't need his exact players that he wants around him to mm -hmm. be successful. So I do think that he will stay and he would be up for the challenge, especially in pre-season. And when he was at Dortmund, when he was at Mainz, he was using his youth players as well. So mm -hmm. I do think we have a great academy. So anyone he can pick from there that's coming back from a loan spell. And bear in mind, we've still got Conor Gallagher to come back, Broha mm -hmm. to come back as well. So we've got a lot of options there that he can play around with. And... If anyone's good at player development, it's him. And I'm sure he loves it. And like you said, there's a lot going on in his personal life. And I'm sure he'd want to use this as a way of an outlet or like a little distraction mm -hmm. for him also. So I'm taking his word for gospel. I hope it doesn't come back to bite me because I I really thought Rudiger was going to stay. So I'm really heartbroken by that already. I think yeah. a Thomas Ducal heartbreak will send oh, me gosh. over the edge. I don't need that around me. I don't. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to take that as well, losing Thomas Tuchel and Rudiger. Um, Chris, what, what sort of bracket are you in with this Thomas Tuchel potential news? Are you yeah, getting well, excited? I feel like you're the you're the you're the one with like the serious logical answer here. I mean, I you're just like, oh, he's gonna stay. You said he's gonna stay, so he's gonna stay. <laughs> I think I got into your heads off there, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I really, really hope he stays and uh, yeah, exactly for all the reasons that he needs to stay. Um there's just a bit of doubt, just just because there's, it's just 
I know the whole take of a thing is this taking so long and there seems to be so many unknowns um, Mm. that I just hope it doesn't drag into the summer and become problematic because then I think regardless of of how happy he he thinks he is now, other issues can crop up. And if if they're unable to do kind of any business or whatever, um, then obviously he's he's not going to be happy. But yeah, I genuinely think... Uh, obviously, he's won the Champions League, um, and we had that title challenge early on. But he's such a good fit, probably yeah. the best. Ironically, the best one, like probably the second best fit since um, Abramovich actually bought the club. So mm. it would be, yeah, it would be properly devastating if anything were to go wrong in that sense. But fingers crossed, he'll he'll be there. I'm kind of like eighty percent sure. Where would he even go? Like that's the only thing keeping me together. There's well, no way. Well, Man United, that's what I mean. Man United. There was there was rumors, you know, mm. when Jamie Carragher came out and was like, Man United need to go and get oh. Thomas Tuchel whilst all this stuff's up in the air. But now they've gone and got Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna go to Tottenham. He's not gonna go to. So like you're looking at Man City, Liverpool in the Premier League anyway. There's no real club for him in yeah. the Premier League yeah. now. So he seems like the guy like he's return to PSG. Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah. they get pretty bad terms. So actually, there's not a huge amount of, of top-class jobs out there, the ones that Thomas Tuchel would go uh, for. So actually, think... let me oh, burst, God. just to burst the bubble a little bit. Um, oh. Bayern Munich are not yeah, entirely... Bayern, Bayern, I would have said. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Would he go there? Nagelsmann's had a poor season. Would he go he might want to go back home, you know. He might want to go back home to Germany. Man is the biggest club in Germany. Oh God, yeah. let me not let me not talk myself. <laughs> <about this. laughs> I think he would do that, but I think I think Olivia, you are right. I think at the moment, I think because Nagelsmann's so young, I think Bayern kind of knew this would be the way. Like they're still winning the yeah. Bundesliga, they'll be yeah, back in the Champions League next season. Mean? Yeah, but they'll, they'll be they'll be challenging for the the Champions League next season. They should they shouldn't have gone out to Villarreal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they, they'll be back and I think they because he's so young they've sort of made a commitment for the future with him knowing that it might be a different process but it's more about the style of play and stuff isn't it uh but yeah you're right there's there's nowhere he would go directly so if he took a a break from football or whatever maybe that's a possibility it just depends like if if it's becoming stressful or I don't know if if he knows fully that his next season is just going to be a bit of a write-off because they've been unable to do business and have lost players in the meantime Mm. Yeah, just uh, that's the only way. But I, I genuinely don't think hopefully that will be too much of a problem. And for him to say publicly that he's already kind of committed to himself that he's going to yeah. stay. Yeah, he feels like he feels like the sort of person that wouldn't just come out and say that for the sake of it. I think I think it, I can think of quite a few managers that would probably just come out and say it just to keep the fans on side and just to like chill for a little bit. But it doesn't seem like that sort of person. I seem to not that I know Thomas Tuchel, but. Um, having been in his press conferences and just seeing how he is. I don't know. I just, I feel like that would be out of character for him to come out and say, oh yeah, I'm going to stay. And actually, no, a few months later, I'm going to go. So I think it is on a whole positive. The only thing is, Anita, is, is the transfer window, you know, you know, Chelsea need a midfielder if Jorginho is going to potentially leave to go to Juve. Declan Rice might be available. Is the only worry that, you know, like Chris said, the new owner is going to come in, but then we might not have, this money to spend and we go into the season with the same squad albeit a you know one that a better one that than we finished the season with because of Ben Chilwell and Reese James but that's the only trouble isn't it really yeah and I kind of have a theory right don't quote me on this anyone <laughs> listening don't quote me it's just a theory <laughs> but obviously Roman Abramovich he's asked for an extra 500 million, million and stuff yeah. 
And I just feel like the Roman Abramovich, his whole circle, especially Marina as well, they are smart enough to kind of foresee this happening, foresee mm. a, the possibility of an owner yeah. spending three billion and then not having enough funds to kind of, you know, um, fund a new team yeah. or fund, you know, the transfers that we need in the summer. So I do think that maybe there has been a bit of a a budget set aside for transfers mm. that Roman Abramovich has probably put in there because him asking for the 500 mil it doesn't make any sense to me he's not going to mm. get any of the money yeah. no, nothing's going to him so why else would he mm. want that 500 mil maybe just as reassurance for the transfers or something I don't know it's just a theory everyone yeah, yeah. I'm not sure but it's the only thing that makes sense to me so I'm hoping our transfer window would be would be relatively okay. I'm still a bit positive about it. Um, ask me again in, at the end of August, and I'll tell you how I'm really feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not too worried about the transfer window. And plus, the owners have to make a good impression on the first window anyway. I agree with that theory, yeah. I, I did a story about like um, what Chelsea's midfield might look like next season mm. based on like the stuff the stuff we sort of know already. By the way, Kante, and there's so Kante, many people. Kante's Kante. should we just say, was was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I know he was at fault for the goal. It was it was like a heavy touch or something, but overall, I thought he was absolutely was class yesterday. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was sort of uh, about like how how the midfield could look next season with mm. Gallagher, maybe Rice, maybe Chiumani, and mm. then like so many people replying to me saying, "You know, we can't buy players yet." Like, how do you know this? But it's like, obviously, you think you think Marine is just like sitting there, like uh, yeah. twiddling, twiddling her thumbs. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't do anything. So, so like, uh, twiddling her thumbs, all... like yeah. just let me know. Let me know when I can, and I'll get on. Yeah, yeah. As, as if they're going to give themselves like a week to yeah to, do to this buy. Stuff. Yeah, this stuff has in, been in motion for like a year, like mm. at, at least. Players like Kunde, like that, that I think has been kind of sorted out for months and months yeah. and months so i think it'll be fine like as, yeah. as anita says and the money will be that i think the reason these these three bidders are now shortlisted is because they have the money you know what i mean yeah. like they, they wouldn't be in that position if they hadn't guaranteed funds and that was one of abramovich's kind of prerequisites yeah for the next owners that they had the money to maintain chelsea at the very highest level which mm. which i'm sure they will fingers crossed yeah, absolutely. Imagine if these new owners come in, buy the club, and then you go, here you go, here's Declan Rice. <laughs> we shall see, won't we? Um, Krish, Anita, uh, thank you so much. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can watch us now on YouTube if you like. Um, if you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already, and if you've enjoyed what you heard. And I promise we will not leave it this long next time. We will be back very soon for another Wherever You May Be. We'll see you then.